Welcome to the MPC Podcast. I am Tim W. Gill, pastor of Medora Pentecostal Church, and I'm thrilled that you've joined us today. Here at MPC, we are committed to bringing hope and building lives. One way we do that is through this podcast. Thank you for listening, for sharing and reviewing what we do here. It is our desire to connect with you, and you can find us on Facebook, or you can find us at our website, medorachurch.com. It is our prayer that today's message inspires you, encourages you, and that the kingdom of God is advanced in your life. Let's get right to the word of the Lord today. Tonight, with the help of the Lord and with your help, I want to talk to you about the believer's keys to victory. The believer's keys to victory. Heavenly Father, we love you today and thank you, Lord Jesus, for this gathering. Thank you, God, for these people. Lord, I pray, God, for each and every person here. God, that you would help. Lord, would you just simply work in their life and their situations. In Jesus' name, let everybody say amen. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, I want the keys. I want the keys. Praise God. And you can be seated. I, I, I consider myself somewhat of a fixer. Now, this is my assessment of me, not your assessment of me. This is my assessment, so since it is about me, I guess I can say what I think about me. I was eight years old, if my memory serves it right, the first time Brother Keith had got a hold of a clock. We had a clock on our bedside table, I did, and I took that thing apart. Had all the springs and all the, all the gears and all that kind of stuff. I took it apart and put it back together. I don't remember, Bishop, if it worked or not. But I didn't have a reason to take it apart. It wasn't broken. I just wanted to take it apart to see what it looked like on the inside. And, you know, it may be that I'm more stubborn than I am a fixer. Uh, Don't tell me it can't be done because I'll find a way, if I possibly can, to get it done. I I feel like, and again, this is my assessment of me, I jump in with the tenacity of a pit bull and the laser focus of of an army or of a jet pilot. We'll get it done. We'll get it done. Now, that's, again, my view. I am Mr. Fixer. Everybody say, hello, Mr. Fixer. Got a problem? I'll help you fix it. When I started pastoring, I used to think I could fix every problem. Everybody that walked through my door, that everybody that the Lord gave me to pastor, I felt like I could pastor everybody and fix everybody. And that idea and concept lasted probably four months. I'm a fixer. The remodel problem project that you're in today is is partly because I'm a fixer, and thank God he sent Brother B to help me, who is also a fixer, because we ran into multiplicities. This was not a a, a one or two, three problems challenge. Uh, This is a multiple challenge here, and and I just want to point something out just to see, show you how that, you know, Mr. Fix-It's work. Uh, From this corner right here to that corner back there, there's 11 inches difference 
11 inches difference between that corner there and that corner back there and how that these rafters are placed. Ah, some of y'all didn't know that. So, Mr. Fix-It, we, we, we got it to where it looks like. You th thought those things are level just because, you know, that's the way the ceiling is. No, 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 no. It's not. Try to fix it. Got a problem, want to fix it. That's who I am. Years ago, when they were uh, working on the parsonage, uh, we, we uh, had some hail damage, and it leaked, and we had to, had to completely have a lot of it redone. And so they were working on that, and they didn't have a ladder. And I, I guess I was in the room or something, but I said, I got a ladder. And I went out in the garage and got a ladder. And a little while later, we don't have a level. I got a level, and I went and got in the garage and got a level. And there was, it was like that almost every day. And, and then they, they ran out of sheetrock. <clears throat> and my wife overheard one of them say to the other, but that preacher don't have that in, the, in his garage. <laughs> no, but I had it in this house right over here. <laughs> went and got them some sheetrock so they could finish their job. I'm a fixer. Let me be clear. This is my appraisal of me. And some of those uh, assessments may not be completely level. But there are times when Mr. Fixers encounter situations that cannot be fixed. There are times that I don't have enough tools to fix it. Uh, there are times that I don't have enough ability to fix it. There are times that I am truly dealing with, whether personal, family, church, ministry, with a Humpty Dumpty situation, unfixable, damaged beyond repair, unsalvageable, and so the, 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 the situation is this, Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall, Humpty Dumpty had a great fall, all the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put Humpty Dumpty back together again. Good old Mr. Humpty Dumpty, what you doing on a wall anyway? But the whole crisis of this story is not that he's on the wall. It's not even that he fell. It's not that Mr. Humpty Dumpty fell. The crisis is not even that he was broken beyond measure. The crisis of this story is that all the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put Humpty Dumpty back together again. You see, you and I can have situations in life that are Humpty Dumpty issues. Anybody ever had a Humpty Dumpty issue? That you couldn't fix it? You couldn't duct tape it? Hmm. Duct tape will fix anything. But there's some things that duct tape won't, won't fix. Amen. Gorilla glue, glue will just about glue everything. But there's some things, Brother John, that, that Gorilla Glue just won't fix. There are some things that you can't fix in your life. Amen. But the tragedy of this story is that there was nobody that could put Humpty Dumpty back together again. Amen. And, and, and like, our, like the nursery rhyme, there are those today that are, you know, are, are broken and messed up, so they're going to look for help in the wrong place. In the wrong place. There are moments, brothers and sisters, there are events and there are battles and there are hurts and, and there are attacks that, that drain us to the point that we are Humpty Dumpty, hopeless and unfixable. Anybody ever been in a situation like that? 
But unlike the nursery rhyme, there is a source that can fix it. There is a source that can heal any and every disease. There is a source that can mend every broken issue. There is a source that can overcome every foe. Amen. And there is a cause to triumph in Jesus' name. (laughs) In 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 14, it says, Now thanks be unto God who always, somebody say always, always causes us to triumph in Christ and make manifest the Savior of the knowledge of us by him, uh, by us in every place. Always, every place, triumph. But can I just tell you, don't write your triumph like you think it ought to be and then when the Lord shows up and it doesn't work like that and not call it victory because the Lord shows up, when he shows up, it's victory regardless. However the outcome, when he shows up, he triumphs always in every place. Hallelujah. Do you believe that tonight? Do you believe that he can triumph always in every place? Now, I realize that there are some folks that can't do that because they're going to the king's horses and they're going to the king's men of this world and they're trying to put Humpty Dumpty back together again. But it doesn't work. So a father has a Humpty Dumpty situation with his son. He brings him to the disciples who had been given authority and power and brings him to the disciples, this son that that we find is called, has a dumb spirit. Matthew says he has a lunatic spirit. Amen. Can I just tell you that spirits don't die? Demons don't die. They are still as insidious and vile and mean and demoralizing as ever. Now, people will debate whether this was an epileptic kind of a situation, whether it was natural or whether it was completely possession. Let me just say this. It was given by the devil. In this situation, it was an unclean spirit. That's what Luke calls it, an unclean spirit that was in this this child and working on this son. Amen. But I want to say this, hell wants to hijack your mind tonight. Hell wants to hijack your life and your purpose. As long as you feel that you are being held hostage, as long as you feel that the devil has got the upper hand, as long as you feel defeated, you are defeated. Amen. Because this kind, this kind of spirit manipulates and controls. This kind of spirit paralyzes and, and destroys. This kind of spirit shuts down communication. This kind of spirit divides and destroys. This kind of spirit is full of hostility and rage. Amen. This kind of spirit brings ruin. Matthew says it's a lunatic spirit. Lunatic spirit. Here's a boy who is the, the only son that this father has. And the Bible says the condition sore vexed him. Sore vexed him. That means to suffer badly, to experience emotional and painful harm. Matthew says he was sore vexed. Amen. That's the condition of of this boy. He, He falleth into the fire and he falleth into the water. This spirit cast him down and knocks him down, not just on the ground, not just on the pavement, not just in, in some normal place, but it It cast him into the fire and it cast him into the water because Mark says to destroy him. 
to destroy him. Amen. He, he causes him to fall to have greater hurt. Because if you fall in the fire, you're going to get greater hurt. If you fall in the water, you have danger of death. If you fall into the fire, you have danger of death. This demonic force is leading him and possessing his future and taking him. It says, wherever that spirit took him, wherever that deaf and dumb spirit took him, it paralyzed the communication that he had this kind this kind of spirit that we fate uh, that we face today attacks speech and hearing it attacks speech and hearing amen because you can't talk to Humpty Dumpty and put him back together again this kind hinders communications getting together to heal but it can't do it because Humpty Dumpty is broken. Amen. This kind of spirit refuses to even hear the words of compassion. It blocks us the voices and it causes for there to be an ignoring of hope and an ignoring of help. This kind of spirit doesn't want you to hear the wisdom that says your dad loves you. There is deliverance for you. Amen, but, but if you notice, it says, wherever he taketh him, he teareth him. Wherever he takes him, he tears him. Wherever he takes him, he breaks him. He wrecks him. He cracks him to pieces like a Humpty Dumpty. He separates the parts. He shatters into, can I tell you, that's the work of the devil to divide, to destroy. Amen, to take control of, to smash things and destroy it. And this is what this dad is dealing with. He's dealing with the son that, that the enemy cast him here and cast him there. And, and he's breaking him to pieces. How many of you watched as loved ones that you just love greatly all of a sudden look like they're being thrown around like a rag doll? From one bad habit to another bad habit, to, from one issue to another issue, from one relationship to another relationship, to one bad decision to another bad decision. And he's taking him and he's tearing him. And the result is gnashing with teeth. Gnashing with teeth. Gnashing the teeth speaks that no doubt he was having some kind of seizures or some kind of fits with this. But it speaks to us of anger and hostility and abuse. The Spirit will cause people to go into a place of gnashing with teeth, anger and hostility and abuse because it's broken, because it is a Humpty Dumpty situation. And then foaming of the mouth, foaming of the mouth speaks of the loss of the control of the tongue, the foul language, the cursing, amen, the vulgarity. It's in our world today because that spirit is attacking. The father said, I spake to thy disciples. And they could not cast him out. They could not cast him out. Why? Why could they not cast him out? Amen. Why does it seem sometimes that we, we are so ineffective? Y'all with me? Why does it seem like we're sometimes we're ineffective? Why does a church that sometimes look like that we're just going two steps forward, three steps backwards, and one step forward again? Amen. If we have the victory, we have the authority, we are supposed to have the authority of the enemy, then, then what is going on? Where is the answer? 
The enemy of our souls knows that he has a short time and hell is plotting this very moment on your life. Hell is plotting and, and working overtime to destroy, to kill, and to steal. Amen. I've watched his demonic forces have attacked people and destroyed families and homes. I've seen it as if it looked like nothing could stop it. Amen. I know of a dynamic preacher today who once dazzled with his great oratory and biblical paralysis, but now is preaching false doctrine. Why could that not be cast out? Daughters who were raised in church who have run off with drug dealers and thugs. Why can we not stop that? Sons who have shaken their fists in the face of God and say, I'll never live for him ever again. Why? Musicians who once played under the anointing of God are now playing in horrible places under the influence of demons and drugs and alcohol. What are we going to do about it? A pastor's wife, amen, walked away from their marriage and a little baby into the arms of another woman. What, what, what did we do? To perhaps a lesser degree, but no less deadly, a brother in the church whose job is systematically killing his spiritual life. What are we going to do? A brother and sister whose sickness consistently keeps them out of church. What are we going to do? A sister who is paralyzed by fear. We're just going to go through the motions. A sister who cannot get the victory over cigarettes. What do we do? What do we do? A rebellious teenager who's hooked on filthy music that needs deliverance. What do we do? A brother that is bound by pornography. What do we do? Believers who seemingly never go to the next level with God. Keep going to one and it's like they hit a wall and hit a wall and can't go any further. What are we going to do? I, I'm telling you, I watch it. I watch it. I watch it. I, you think that I don't see that people are sitting on their phone while the, while the service is going on playing some kind of game? Amen. I'm telling you, we don't have time to play games. And I'm not just talking about your phone. I'm I'm talking about we don't have time to play spiritual games when we've got serious humpty dumpty issues that we just can't come to church and sing three songs and do a testimony and have just a little bit of a you know good to see everybody and go home we're living an hour we need a church that's on fire we need people of God that are on fire we need people of conviction we need people of deliverance we need people that can say I can cast out devils in the name of Jesus we need that kind of understanding in this hour Backsliders who seem unmovable, what do we do? I'm, I'm trying to set you up for next month. I realize that. <clears throat> uh, there are those that I have pastored over the years that have puzzled me. They're like revolving door Christians, constantly battling the same habits, constantly battling the same devils, and never seem to get total victory. Why? Because they haven't understood yet the keys. Why could we not cast him out? Why can't we seem to cast it out? Amen. Could it be that there are so many influences of hell that they feel comfortable tolerating a demonic force rather than saying no? When's the last time you said no to the devil? When's the last time you looked him straight in the eye, so to speak, and said, not in my house, not in my mind, not in my world, not in my church, not in my community? How bad does it have to get before we'll do something? 
a determined demonic attack must be met with a determined spiritual force. Hallelujah. We're living in a world today where there, there is such a, a tendency to lull us to sleep. Like, you know, everything's just, just going along, going to be okay. No, Humpty Dumpty has already fallen. Humpty Dumpty, our, bro- our, our government's broken, y'all. Our, our world is broken. Amen. We, we go to places uh, uh, today. I walked into a store. I'm not going to name the store, but I walked into a store today, and I walked by a person work, walk, working in that store, and I'm, I'm, not, I'm not trying to be sensationalizing this at all, but I walked by that, that, I didn't know if it was a man or a woman, and I walked by them and my eye locked eye with that individual, and I did not see the individual, but I saw a demon that was right in their eye. What are we going to do? You're just going to brush off and say, it's just nothing? Or are we going to say, God, you've given us authority over hell. You've given us power. Amen. But we need, we need the keys today. We need the keys today. Why could we not cast him out? Could it be that we have too many passive people who just simply say, well, I guess we'll have to deal with it. You know what? There are times that we think Pentecostal slogans will get the job done. Talking points. But there's something that we need to do. Let me give you the keys. There are many keys, but let's just talk about two that Jesus talks about. He talks about prayer and fasting. I know that doesn't seem like a great revelation when I come to the keys, but it still works. We need the power to be aggressive toward the enemy. We need to take that aggressive nature toward the enemy. Not that we're looking for a battle. Heaven knows. We're not demon shopping. We're not witch hunting. But we are living in a day where we better be aggressive in our spiritual warfare. Luke 10 and 18, and he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Jesus said, Behold, I give unto you the power to tread on serpents and scorpions and, and over the power uh, and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall any by any means hurt you. Notwithstanding in this, rejoice not that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. God did not give us power, amen, just so we could be a glorified NATO security force, but he's given us power to tread, to tread on the spirits that come against us, to tread on the scorpions and the serpents, to tread, amen, hallelujah, can I tell you today, it's time to wake up the warrior inside of you and say, my world is about to change because I found some keys to victory. But having authority is not enough. Having faith is not enough. Speaking the right words is not enough. Having a promise It's not enough. The disciples had all these. How can I overcome? Let's pick up the story in Matthew 9 and 19. Let me just read the rest of that story and we'll wrap it up. 
Matthew 9 and 19. O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him unto me. What is he saying? He said, there's a time I'm going to leave and I'm not going to be around. You need to be ready to operate after I'm gone. And they brought him unto him and he saw him straightway. The spirit tear him and he fell on the ground and wallowed foaming. And he asked the father, said, how long is it ago since this came unto him? And he said, of a child. And sometimes he cast him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him. And if thou canst do anything, what a statement. Lord, if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Somebody say, that's going to be my prayer in 23. Lord, if you can do anything, would you have mercy and compassion on us? Lord, and help us, God. And Jesus said, if thou canst believe, if thou canst believe, somebody say, that's a key. If you can believe, all things are possible unto him that believeth. I don't care how bad Humpty Dumpty looks. I don't care how broken Humpty Dumpty is. Jesus said, it begins with, I believe. I believe in you, O God, that all things are possible to him that believeth. The father child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help thou my unbelief. Somebody say, I'm just going to be honest with God. I'm going to be honest with God. And Jesus saw the people come running together. He rebuked the foul spirit, saying to them, Thou dumb and deaf spirit, I charge thee, come out of him and enter no more into him. Somebody say, final victory. Final victory. Amen. Over habits that keep you bound, over the continual problems that you have, the continual issues is like, I can't get the victory over this. It jumps up itself. No, this time, let it be that it'll never come back again. It'll never throw him in the fire again. It'll never throw him in the water again. It'll never... I'm telling you today that there is a God that can do it no matter how bad Humpty Dumpty looks, no matter how rough it looks, there is a God that said I can do it. Verse 26, the spirit cried out and ran him sore and came out of him. And he was one that's dead and so much that many said he is dead. And Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up and he arose, and when he was come into the house, his disciples asked him privately, Why could not we cast him out? And Jesus said these words, this kind. There's other kind, and there's this kind. As some, you can say, scat, and they go. But there's this kind. You can say, scat all you want. And it won't go. You have to do the keys. And he said, this kind can come forth by nothing, but by praying, by prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting. If you begin the month with a mentality that I'm just doing exercise, you will miss being able to get rid of this kind. But if you'll begin the month with, I am fasting and believing. I am praying and believing. It may not come to you exactly like you think, but I can tell you, you can stand on the word that God's got it, and it's going to be okay. Amen. We need persistent prayer. We need persistent, powerful 
prayer to run the enemy out. In Matthew chapter 6 and verse 5, it says, Jesus said, When thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they are praying. They love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. That does no good. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when you have shut the door, pray to thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. When you go to war in your closet, God said, I'll bring the answer in public. If you'll go to war in your private room, in your private time, God said, I'll answer it in public. Can you thank the Lord for that? Prayer. God is calling us, calling this pastor to persistent, consistent, and effectually passionate prayer. Because I want to drive some enemies out, some spirits of our, of our community, of our families, of our lives. I want to drive it out in the name of Jesus. Somebody say amen. amen. I would tell you that this is just a single issue. I would tell you that what, what I feel and what God's speaking with me is just a single issue. But I've spoken with those that I pastor, and they're saying, Pastor Gil, here's what we're facing. Here's what we're dealing with. Here's what, and it's almost identical to what God is speaking to me in this situation and in this hour. We need to hit our knees, church. We need to hit our knees like never before. We need to go to the Lord in prayer. It's, a, it's amazing what kind of little stuff will fall off when you start dealing with some big stuff. Amen. Somebody say amen. amen. Persistent. Essential to driving out the enemy. Prayer is God's divine chosen method for victory. St. John 14 and 12, Verily I say unto you, He that believeth on me the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father, and whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you'll ask anything in my name, I will do it. Oh, church, I have been guilty of looking at the Scripture just simply about what I can get and missing out what the works are. The works here that Jesus is talking about is not miracles. It is not signs and wonders. It is prayer. Because he goes right into it. He says, and when you ask, ask the Father in my name. We get hung up because we want the solution. And what Jesus is saying is that if you'll do what I do, then you're going to do greater works than these. Amen. If we'll do the works of Jesus, the miracles are coming. The revival will come. Amen. The hand of God will move if we'll do what Jesus does. The early church was marked with prayer. The early church was marked with prayer. 120, what were they doing in the upper room? They weren't putting puzzles together and playing Scrabble. and Nothing wrong with those kind of things. But the Bible says they were doing what? Praying and praising and seeking God. Amen. What were they doing? The Bible said they went every day to the temple. Everybody say public. 
And they went back to the upper room, private. They were praying and seeking God, praying and seeking God. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing. I wonder what happens when a church begins to seek the Lord. I tell you what happens. The Holy Ghost begins to fall. The fire of God begins to fall. Amen. I want to tell you today, we cannot have a surrogate move of God. We need a sovereign move of God. We cannot have some kind of faux move or a fake move. We need a real move of God. I'm going to put my hand up first. Does anybody have the devil that fights your prayer life? Does the devil fight you? That ought to be a key right there that's a pretty good thing. It ought to be a key to help us understand that the devil, if he fights it, he doesn't want us to do it. Woo! Praise God. Somebody just simply say, I'm Mr. Fix-It. I'm going to be stubborn, and I'm going to say, devil, I'm going to throw it right back at you. Because you don't want me to pray, I'm going to be like David saying to his wife, Michael, I'm going to be more vile than thus. I'm going to be harder than that. I'm going to go after it further. I'm going to go after it deeper. Come on. Hallelujah. Praise God. All praying is a key. But he didn't just say praying. He said that other word, didn't he? What's the other word? What's the other word? Oh, but Lord, I love my food. Uh Matthew 6, 16. Moreover, when you fast, not if you fast, when you fast, be not as the hypocrites of a sad countenance. I want to just tell you a pet peeve of mine. I'm going to just get over here away from the pulpit because this is Tim Gill 2 and 3. It bugs the stuffings out of me when somebody posts on Facebook, I'm fasting social media. Won't be in here for days. <laughs> Nobody cares. Nobody's impressed. I don't care. That, that, that's, not, that's not extremely spiritual to do that. Don't care. Do you care? Does it make you want to hit your knees? Does it make you want to say, oh God, how spiritual they are. I want to be like you. Now, I'm back, I'm back over here. I'm back behind the pulpit. They appear to men to fast. Verily say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou fast, anoint thy head, wash thy face, that they appear not unto men as to fast, but unto thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee. What you fast in private, God fights in public. What you fast in private, God fights in public. What you fast in private, God fights in public. What you fast in, fu- in private, God... F- Praise God. Thank you, Sister Amy. I appreciate that. that. That one hand clap right there, that was pretty awesome. Praise God. There are various reasons why we are called to fast. Various reasons. Let me give you some of them. We fast when preparing for battle, 
Matthew chapter 4 and verse 1, Jesus was led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward hungered. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. And Jesus answered said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. Now I know that there's weakness in the moments of fasting, but there's also power. Power. It prepared him for the battle. Fasting precedes supernatural sustenance and food. For it says in verse 11 in that same chapter that when the devil leaved him after the temptation, behold, the angels came and ministered unto him. Woo! Talk about angel food right now. <laughs> Praise God. When you fast, you'll fast and supernatural food will come to you. Fasting conquers the flesh, doesn't it? Ezra 8 and 21. And then I proclaimed the fast at the river of Ahava that we might afflict ourselves before God to seek of him a right way for us and for our little ones and for all our substance. Amen. Proclaim a fast that we might afflict ourselves. Ourselves takes us around by the nose and leads us like, like he's in charge. Amen. But there ought to be a spirit man inside of us that says, no, sir. And the way you put flesh in subjection is fasting will do that pretty quickly. Fasting will do that. Amen. We fast there in the time of personal tragedy and afflictions. In 2 Samuel 12 and 16, David fasted. Amen. While the child was sick. We find there is fasting when there is uncertain, uncertainty and danger. In Esther chapter 4 and verse 16, go gather together all the Jews that are present in Shushan and fast ye for me and neither eat nor drink three days, night or day. I also and my maidens will fast likewise, and so will I go in unto the king, which is not according to the law, and if I perish, I perish. Amen. If you're in the hour of danger and uncertainty, call a fast. Have a season of fasting. You want to break some things in your life, call a fast in your life. I'm not going to read these scriptures, Sister Shelley, but I just want to reference them. Uh, it was Cornelius that went to fasting. And because he fasted, revelation come. You want revelation? Let's fast. Let's fast. Let's take some time to separate ourselves from that which we feel like we got to have. Amen. And lastly, I want to show you that fasting brings freedom. Fasting will bring freedom. Isaiah 58 and 6, is not this the fast that I have chosen to loose the bonds of the wickedness, Woo! to undo the heavy burdens, and to let the oppressed go free, and that you break every yoke? Is it not to deal thy bread to the hungry, and that thou bring the poor that are cast out of thy house? 
when thou seest the naked and thou cover him, that thou hide not thyself from thee from thine own flesh. What is he saying? He's saying when you call for a fast, then you can expect some things to fall off of you. You can expect some things to happen. Amen. I could add my own thought to that, and that is that when you fast and when you pray, Humpty Dumpty can come be put together again. Amen. Humpty Dumpty, he sat on the wall. Humpty Dumpty had a great fall, but fasting and prayer put Humpty Dumpty back together again. Stand with me, please. The key to the believer's victory. Notice I didn't say the key to everybody's victory because you got to believe. The key to believer's victory is still the same as it always has been. But sometimes we forget, don't we? Why can't we cast it out? Why are we not seeing what we should see? Because there are this kind that we have to deal with. This kind. There are some kinds you just cast out in the name of Jesus. There are some kind you just cast out by just simply telling it to go. Then there are others you have to go to war. And how do we go to war? By prayer and fasting. By prayer and fasting. On this last night of 22, this last service of 22, I'm going to invite you to come in. Everyone that would, please come and stand here. Some folks need to make some consecrations tonight. You need to make some consecrations tonight. Thank the Lord for what he did this year, but there ought to be some consecrations tonight that simply says, I'm taking this into the new year. It said, I'm going to get victory over this mess. I'm going to see Humpty Dumpty put back together. I'm going to see some issues that are broken, healed. I'm going to see some situations that are beyond my control. Amen. And let me just tell you, it's a big problem to a Mr. Fixer when he can't fix it. But I know a bigger fixer. <laughs> I know the one that has a, a power to fix it. In the mighty name of Jesus right now. Hallelujah. Is there anybody in this house that say, Pastor, I want these keys. I want these keys right now in the name of Jesus. I want them in my life. I want them in my home. I want them in my church. I want them now in the name of Jesus. Lord, I praise you today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. I thank you, God, for victory today. Lord, I thank you, God, ahead of time. But, Lord, it's not going to come sometimes with a flippant prayer request or just a quick, oh, God, move. But we need to turn, oh, God, our face towards you in prayer and fasting. We need to turn our face towards you, oh, God, and ask God you to do what we cannot do. Lord, to put together what cannot be, Lord, put together by our own ingenuity and by our own mind in the mighty name of Jesus in the mighty name of Jesus in the mighty name of Jesus Lord call us to prayer and fasting Lord call us to prayer and fasting Lord call us to a move of the spirit Lord call us beyond sanctified flesh Lord in self righteous God understanding but Lord let us be called to a move of revival a move of God that will change lives that will change our life God that will put things back together. Oh Lord, not just glued back together, but made brand new. Old things passed away. Behold, all things become new. In the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 
in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, help us, God. Help us, Lord, to be a people of prayer, a people passionate, oh God, about prayer, a people, God, that seeks your face, a people, Lord Jesus, that is willing to sacrifice, willing, Lord, to set ourselves apart. Father, because we got some things that need to be cast out. We got some situations that need to be set free. We've got some things, oh God, that need to work on. In the mighty name of Jesus, God, right now. Hallelujah. Can I ask you just to be just be very focused on the Lord right in this moment? Hallelujah. Let's let's be intent. Oh, you know where you are. You know what is what you're dealing with. Come on and lay it out before the Lord. God, I want the keys that unlock victory. I want the keys that, Lord, open up the door of deliverance. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you for listening to the MPC Podcast. We trust that today's message has inspired you, encouraged you, and strengthened you in the Lord. We would like to invite you to join us again by simply subscribing to our podcast, and we encourage you to write a review if it has been a blessing to you. Again, you can find us at medorachurch.com to learn more about our ministry.